Imaginings, where lazy authors talk about story ideas that they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas and we'll give your story a shout out in a subsequent episode. Listen to the end of the episode to get exclusive details about our grand prize draw. Ah yes, super exclusive. The ones where we don't always even ever bring it up and sometimes we uh, don't talk about it at all, especially these last few episodes where it hasn't come up. We'll just, uh, we'll move the disclaimer to the end, okay? (laughs) Move the disclaimer to the end? Yeah. Well, yeah, but these last few episodes, I'm pretty sure we didn't ever bring up the grand prize draw at all. Well, yeah, we didn't say it the other episodes. We're talking about this episode. It's you know, true. Listen to the end. Okay. Don't just skip out halfway through. I don't know if Did we just not that, talk but... about the grand prize draw for a few episodes and now we're bringing it back? Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Okay. It's not like it's over, so it can, mm. it can always be brought back. We haven't done the draw because the draw doesn't exist. Hey, I said we're moving the disclaimer to the end. <laughs> nope. Disclaimer's right at the beginning. You're going to have to deal with that. Uh, well, moving on. Hi, everyone. My name's Eunice. I'm the author of Fantasia and Eternosaurus. And, you know, I'm stuck in my never-ending rewrite. And when I say stuck, I mean, like, I always think I'm going to get a chapter done a day and then I get, like, one paragraph done a day because... I have the attention span of a seven-year-old child with ADHD these days. I see, I see. Um, I'm Atheo, author of Rune and Metagame, and honestly, I, I do get significant amounts of work done. It's just that getting the work done on the right project is the issue. <laughs> oh, yeah. I made lots of progress on my stupid matching puzzle game and none on (laughs) writing. (laughs) I do a lot of writing. It just, you know, usually isn't for the project that I'm intending to be writing for. I have half of a book for a whole project that doesn't go under Atheo name, but... Yeah. And that's entirely based on the past month where I was trying to write Rune and then immediately jumping over to the other thing and writing that instead. It's always more fun to write the thing you're not supposed to be writing. That is life. And I have and much easier ideas for that second one. Oh, do you have an idea for this week? I do. And uh, this is another one of those ones where you're, you might call me weird. Um, <laughs> I'm going to call you weird no matter what. It's true, it's true. <laughs> uh, this one specifically is primarily like a group of... You build it like a group of heroes, and you sort of, the way that you play it is very much like this group of Bucky Adventurers is going to go out and solve all the problems and do the hero thing. And then you get into the experience that they're having, and this group is the cleanup crew for the primary group of adventurers. The primary group of adventurers who goes around the world quote-unquote solving problems where they half solve a problem and then leave before they realize what the actual consequences of that solution are. And our people are the people who deal with the consequences of whatever the previous adventurers did. That sounds like a shitty job, but I guess somebody's got to do it. I mean, it's kind of a shitty job, but it's the sort of thing where like, oh, the primary group of adventurers killed these bandits after they got attacked. And then didn't deal with the bodies correctly, so now there's a zombie infestation. Guess we gotta deal with that. Oh, I thought you meant, like, and then didn't replace the governmental infrastructure. It's also <laughs> things like that, you know? 
Because that's usually like a, not just like, oh, now we got to clean things up. Now that's like, well, now we're, I guess we're stuck here for the next 10 years stabilizing things. Well, it's more like a, it's more like a finding the right people and getting them into place for our, for our second group than a, uh, you know, sticking around for the whole 10 years themselves. Okay. I'm sure they, they it's still, it's still on the list of things that they have to keep an eye yeah, on. Yeah, they, they call the right people. <laughs> okay. They're like, hi, Temple of the Sun? This, this whole thing didn't work. Uh, uh, government got overthrown and you guys were not alerted correctly. Just, uh, you know, filling out the process for you. Uh, I would like this group to be a lot less famous, but better paid than the superheroes. <laughs> The people, the people who who run the superheroes knows how valuable they are. Cause uh, if if they didn't, cause you know when they first started the superhero thingy, they didn't have the support staff in the back. And uh, well, it's more like got, adventurers than thing, superheroes. Things got bad. But yeah, things things got bad. Uh, <laughs> things so, got really so bad because they kept putting out requests that didn't say and deal with the consequences that come afterward. They just kept putting out the request. Yeah, so then the heroes uh, tended to make things worse. You know, like where you replace a problem with a worse problem? They wouldn't always necessarily make things worse, but they wouldn't necessarily make things better either, which was the problem. They wouldn't always make them worse, no, but uh, it happened uh, enough that, you know... It was a 50-50 whether the problem got worse (laughs) or better, and probably 90-10 that it totally solved everything uh on the 10 percent side and you know like the the people who are hiring them to fix things started getting very dissatisfied with the fixing things (laughs) now we send the cleanup squad now and honestly with with this group they they probably branch out into preventing disasters that require dramatic Actually unlike <laughs> unlike primary uh unlike primary adventurers these ones are on salary <laughs> Uh Primary adventurers just get paid on commission, you know? But these guys you got to keep them around. They get paid no matter what. Yeah, you know, they have a retainer, but they also get paid per job depending on how annoying it is cuz otherwise they wouldn't put up with their their workload and hours and just the non even better nonsensical headaches. it's a pretty high retainer because they have to get trained for like a bunch of different jobs that make almost no sense together yeah they need they need people like all right so we need you to have basic levels for nobility have some understanding of your uh, political adventure uh Decent understanding of biology. You need to be able to point out the arcane corruptions. Uh. I mean, I would say, like, they probably are just, this, over time, have built into, like, the network of the people who manipulate the world from the shadows. <laughs> like, eventually, like, they figured out that if they can just prevent dictators from going into power, then they don't want to clean up the mess that the adventurers make. <laughs> I mean, that's why this group gets sent in right after the adventurers. Yeah, but it's like, they probably eventually branch out to just, you know, assassinating them beforehand, because that's just easier. (laughs) 
Uh, no, no, it's not because dictators are created by socioeconomic conditions more than just being the one dictator guy. Well, that too. Um, but they can also manipulate that. The particular direction of the dictatorship is decided by the individual who ends up taking power, but the fact that it's a dictatorship at all and that sort of thing is not, in fact, decided by that. Yeah. The point is, they probably start just preventing things from needing a dramatic conflict to resolve because that's their whole job right it's no no, not not after they sometimes they're just like you know what like if we could just fix this before they come and mess things up well again like that was the zombie bandits thing they knocked out the zombie bandits before the zombies attacked anybody yeah or they could just purify the area so that zombies can't rise i would make this a world where problems are so widespread that that's not really a workable solution or you know they could just dispose of the bodies correctly so they don't rise there's a lot of a lot of well, i mean that's that's the yelling at the adventurers there's a lot of steps going on there they probably like start having a hand in like who gets to stay in the adventurer band because if you make too many errors they probably make a handbook for for all the adventures if you can't even do like these 12 things to prevent the Level 10 mess-ups, then you're out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get two separate handbooks. One is the three strikes you're out handbook. The other is the one strike you're out handbook. Make any of these mistakes and we will just kill you. It's more expedient. Make any of these mistakes and we'll tell you three or four times and then you're out. You know. But we won't kill you for us. Have like an amusing juxtaposition between like a cocky adventurer who's like really good at fighting, who thinks I'm they're all that, and like a plainly dressed business type person who they think, you know, you can't control me, I'm too valuable of an asset. And it's like, oof. How much do you get paid again? Because let me point out my salary. <laughs> I could erase you and your entire family with a click of my tablet. <laughs> Don't mess with me. <laughs> it's like... Ah, yes. The administration of, you know, murder bureaucrats. <laughs> Very normal. I enjoy murder bureaucrats, you know? It's just such a juxtaposition between their, their uh, impractical clothing and then the murder going on everywhere. <laughs> I would, you know, put them in practical clothing. No, 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 no. So no, no. They, to... they wouldn't even look like the the modern conception of bureaucrats. They would be wearing like, you know, exercise clothes and very um, utilitarian armor, which would be way funnier because they look like the disposable grunts in an action movie, but they're actually like the people you need to watch out for. Well, no, because when people are just wearing like business suits, then they seem like. They're just, they don't know what's what. They don't know how to, what the real world is. I don't know if you've, you've seen uh, the same sort of action movies that I have, but there are rather a lot of highly competent people who get put in the business suits. Well, not like, not like James Bond style. I'm not talking like James Bond style. I don't know. There's like, the, the business suit highly competent thing is not untread ground. But the, like impractical, nah, it's fine. The point is, it, they have to look amusingly not threatening. Exactly. However you want to do that. And then be very threatening. 
Or is it even is it a threat if you if you carry it out? <laughs> Whatever that is. I would say that it's a threat if you intend the uh, making aware. If you tend to make your target aware of it and use that awareness to create an effect, I would say it's a threat. Okay. Sometimes I do that. Sometimes I just... No warning. One strike, you're out. Exactly. You got the handbook. Instead, one strike and you're out. It just didn't explain what the out was. And uh, if you didn't even read the handbook, well... Well... <laughs> that's not an excuse. If you didn't read the handbook, it's not our problem. Yeah. When you signed the signature, we made sure the person emphasized that you need to read the handbook. It was only 20 pages. The three strikes one is more like 200, but the one strike one is only 20 pages. You know, all you have to do is, like, not cause riots or natural disasters. It's like... <laughs> do not cause natural disasters. Do not overthrow governments without making people aware. That's all you need to do. Do not create ecological disasters. Like, honestly, we shouldn't have to write this stuff down, and yet... <laughs> well, I mean, the do not cause ecological disasters is actually three pages explaining a bunch of different ways that you could cause ecological disasters and things like it to, you know, to watch out for. They have, they have to add to that section every year because... Well, they don't have to add to it. They, they only add things that are that meaningfully, you know improve the ability for people to understand. They just add examples of ways that people have caused ecological disasters that weren't in the book the year before. That's in the supplemental material. <laughs> oh, man. There's a supplemental handbook that goes out monthly. <laughs> that no... Well, all the smart adventurers read it. All the dumb ones don't last very long. Some of the dumb ones last a long time because they actually, like, stick around after they quote-unquote solve a problem. The dumb ones? Well, I mean, you know, they may not necessarily be thinking about it in the, like, intentionally thinking about it way. They're just like, I solved the problem, and that doesn't mean I immediately move on. Wait, how does that make them dumb? That doesn't make them dumb. They could also be dumb for other reasons. Okay. You know, because if you, if you kill all those bandits and then you stick around in the area long enough to realize that they've raised the zombies and then deal with the zombies, you may still be dumb because they rose the zombies to begin with, but you also solved the problem. I mean, yeah, but you know, that could be inexperience if in the future this teaches you to properly dispose of dead bodies. I mean, that's in the hand. Who doesn't know, like, even if there are no zombies, it's unsanitary to just have dead bodies lying around. It's true. That's inconsiderate. Well, I mean, it's more like the burying a bunch of bodies in close proximity to each other that causes the raising of zombies. Oh, so this person went through all the effort of burying them? Exactly. How sad. Don't you know handbook says cremation is the only way? <laughs> no. Cremation is not the only way. But if you're going to bury, then bury at least 14 feet apart. That's, that's way too much work. Just burn them. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, the handbook agrees with you. But it does, it does bring up the other option for people who really want to do the work. Who's writing this dumb handbook? I would not put that in the handbook. 
I would. I would say that like bury them at least at least, you know, this distance apart or cremate them. Cremating them is the suggested solution. Don't give them highly inefficient option B. Why would you give them highly inefficient option B? Because they're paid by the job. <laughs> they're not paid for their time. And, and think about how much, like, land you would be disturbing by burying a bunch of bodies 14 feet apart. That's gonna, you're gonna unearth some other problem that you didn't need to deal with before. <laughs> Excuse me, there are spells that you need to learn to tell you when there will be a problem if you dig in a certain area. No, no, the handbook will only give- the handbook is like how to not screw things up for dummies. It's not gonna include- here's the highly inefficient option B that is never better and sometimes worse than option A. No. There are occasions where it's like, it's raining too heavily and you're not gonna be able to deal with this problem, so here's your highly inefficient option B. No. You could always make things really? burn. No. <laughs> Wait, is there magic in this world? I would say that there's magic, uh, and rather a lot of it, but like, maybe not super accessible to the average person. But the adventurer should have some. The adventurers are expected to have some basic ability to interact with magic, but like, maybe high power magic is extraordinarily difficult to do anything with. Okay, but like, they should have, you know, corpse burning magic. That seems like a thing that... Okay, but what if your, what if your mage got stabbed and is currently working on healing, and it's raining? Okay, but like digging. And you're in the desert. Then why is it raining? <laughs> because it rains in the desert sometimes. Eunice. Yeah, wait a few hours and it'll stop. No. And now you're trying to bury things in the desert. That's not a good idea. You know what? Just do the air burial. That's fine. Air burial? Is that a thing? You leave them out and let the animals eat the bodies. Oh. I thought you meant, like, dump them out of an airplane and hope for the best. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that would be extremely funny. No. Air burials are an actual thing. Yeah. Or, you know, they should have some kind of, like, strong base that they carry around with them that they can just pour on the bodies. Dissolve the bodies. Dissolve your problems away. <laughs> Chemistry. It's a strong base that was formed partially of, like, uh, blessed water or something so that it doesn't form oozes. It doesn't form oozes? Ooze monsters? Ooze mo- there's ooze monsters? Wow, there's a lot of ways that dead bodies can go wrong in this world. Exactly! That's why we have this entire squad of adventurers that, who don't do the standard adventuring and just clean up after other adventurers. Okay, so it's, it's, okay. it's like hazardous... There's too many ways for things to go wrong for them to assume that they got them all in the handbook, so they literally just send a second squad to deal with whatever problems prop up second. Okay, so it's, it's like hazardous waste disposal to the max with magic. Basically. Yay. <laughs> that's that's the entire premise here, is that it's too difficult to deal with all the problems that could come up, so they just send an extremely skilled second squad to deal with those problems. Okay. But then, you know, I think then th- there would be the field cleanup team, and then there would be the very efficient 
you know, administration communications. That was what I built this whole thing on to begin with. I don't know where you got the other idea. Which other idea? That's what I thought we were doing to begin with. Where there's the field cleanup team and the the second bureaucracy team. Because the, it depends on the scale of the, the problems that these adventurers are causing. Like, okay, we're just gonna beat up a few monsters and then clean up their magical ravine so that demons don't spawn. Then that's one thing. But if it's like we overthrew a dictator who's like a vampire and now the government's headless, literally, then <laughs> that's a whole other problem. The government's headless, literally, but they're still in place, so that's extraordinarily confusing. No, no, they also stabbed... They became a Dillahan when they died. They, they still... No, it's a va- vampires don't become Dillahan. Stop mixing up. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. No undead stacking. I mean, uh, what... Okay, if it makes sense, you could stack, but... Not vamp... No stacking vampires. Vampires are already overpowered. <laughs> Ah, it really depends on which uh, group of vampires we're talking about. Like, but. like, you can stack vampire on top of another monster, but no stacking on on, on vampire. That's, <laughs> it's already hard enough to kill. <laughs> or, I see, or I see. Re-kill. Whatever you call killing an undead. Later rest. <laughs> so, okay. Now I'm thinking there are three teams. There's the run in and burn and kill things, and then there's the clean up the hazmat. And then there's the replace the government level. <laughs> well, yeah, what I'm saying is we should focus on the hazmat disposal squad. Okay. As they get in extraordinarily weird adventures that co- that deal primarily with undead and just weird nonsense. Secret is they take all the smart people from Team A and then promote them to Team B. <laughs> Not that they tell Team A that this is a promotion. No, they they only they only uh, recruit the ones that would that would appreciate the job that is Team B. It's more. Uh, I see. I see. It's less glory, <laughs> more. It's less glory, more interesting problems. <laughs> and like, more actually helping the the people, and better pay. <laughs> exactly. Not that Team A knows that. <laughs> Look, Team A doesn't get told that Team B has a flat rate that they just get paid. Yeah. So they assume, you know, that the lower rate that Team B gets for dealing with problems is just, you know, Team B is the cleanup squad. They're the backups. Who cares? When in reality, Team B gets an extremely high base rate and then they get paid for dealing with problems. Also an index pension. (laughs) In case you didn't know, guys, index pensions are invaluable. They're not, well, not invaluable, but they're worth a lot more than you think. <laughs> I see, I see. Okay. So, do we want to come up with uh, specific characters for our Team B squad, or? Well, you know, you got the, the expert in the undead, and then the one that corrals, like, the escaped animals. You know, like, where they defeated the main demon, but all the little spawns are still running around? Or, oh, okay. Uh, or the... A logistics analysis mage. An, a, a cleric who's an expert in the undead. And then, you know, like, the 
the one that like helps rebuild the buildings that the adventurers destroyed while they were trying to help. <laughs> oh, a uh, stone-based sword mage who, you know, also builds buildings in their spare time. Or like someone who has very limited time reversal for not inanimate objects. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, whoop, I'll, I'll back to new. Uh, <laughs> saves a lot on rebuilding costs. <laughs> exactly. And then the what other things are the adventurers tend to screw up? I mean, tons of healers. Because, you know, the adventurers probably hurt, got themselves hurt pretty bad. And it caused some bystanders to get exploded. Uh, <laughs> that they got fixed. High volume healers. Yeah. It's like, okay, gather up everybody who was injured. Uh, we're going to stay in place for these 24 hours and I'm going to heal you all. Oh, this person has like area of effect healing, so and it doesn't matter how. Oh well, yeah, it's slower and less powerful, but you know it is area of effect, and it doesn't matter how many people yeah, are there. Yeah, so they they learn to like. Uh, there's a there. This person is accompanied by a huge squad of people, and all their job is to just build, like concentric circles of patients around the healer. <laughs> Where they rotate people in and out. <laughs> and then they have, like, this rig that, like, lets, lets you, you kind of, like, go on a little crane and then they drop you in the middle of the circle. Well, if you're... well maybe that's a combi- maybe that is part of, you know, the same squad that we're talking at before, where the logistics mage and the stone uh, sword mage, you know, team up to make these concentric circles for people. Yeah. Well, you know, you just, you have a ton of, like, non-magical support staff. Or, like, someone who can just, like, move things around up to... You have enough non-magical support staff, but not, like, a ton of it. Uh, and then... They gotta move fast, you know? And then, you know, there's probably some scouty people who are, like... We probably don't even know how the TMA screwed things up, so we gotta <laughs> suss things out. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what else have they screwed up that we don't know about yet? It's like, hey, Team A, can you provide us a detailed accounting of everywhere you went over the past 48 hours? No, they have to wear trackers because they can't even be trusted to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Even better. Trackers and body cams. (laughs) It's like, why do we have to wear trackers and body cams? So we can know what you did wrong. I mean, what you did. (laughs) Accountability. Also, so that we can know what you did. For safety. It's for your own safety. It's for the other people's safety. It's for your own and everybody's safety. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, someone who can, like, deal with, like, radioactive waste or toxic spillage of team... The different types of magic. Demon blood and... Uh, oh, Team B seems to be, like, way higher on magic than Team A would be. <laughs> yeah. It's probably mages who are like, wow, I can go from the front line risking my life to a better paid job that's like more... Well, it's a different front line. You know, I mean, but you're there after the boss monster is dead, so it's like, yay. Sometimes the boss monster dying summoned a second, much tougher boss monster is the problem. Yeah, well, Team B would defeat it by researching its weaknesses rather than running at it, screaming. (laughs) I mean, yeah. It's a very different style. They want to put the monster down quickly, efficiently, and with as little damage to the surrounding area as possible. Team B sometimes goes beforehand to lay traps. <laughs> sometimes it's a, like a BAB scenario, you know? 
That's only for the most difficult of encounters, though. But they, they get paid extra, extra for that. <laughs> I see, I see. It's like, um, that's not within my contract's responsibilities. And they're like, please. Oh, it definitely would be within your contract responsibilities. It's just that you get paid double for it. Well, yeah. They wouldn't, they wouldn't agree as part of the base, base job. <laughs> how, how else can you screw something up while trying to save people? Um, yeah, animal remains... Probably, like, you know, to prevent people from fighting over loot. Because, uh... Wild magic twisting, where occasionally if you use too much magic of a certain type, it just twists the magic of that area. <laughs> you gotta untwist it. Occasionally, they probably anger a god or two that needs to be appeased. <laughs> Team B doing an extraordinarily complicated ritual where they appease some god that everybody forgot about i mean they probably have just contacts with certain uh practicing priests of whatever god or whatever we're like yo um how do we apologize to your god <laughs> no what'd you do this time well we may have destroyed their divine symbol of holy manifestation on this plane <laughs> their old divine symbol was causing an issue with the magic in the area that caused it to summon a whole bunch of undead and we are doing the cleanup on our adventurers who went in and destroyed it so what we're gonna need to do is you tell us what was important about that divine symbol and then we remake it but in a way that doesn't summon undead this time and they're like how many virgins you got <laughs> It's like, oh no. Are they going to need to be sacrificed or just part of the ritual? Just part of the ritual. It's like, okay, we have a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually uh, like registered in in your in like as your status within the organization (laughs) because it becomes important an unfortunate amount of the time. There's a whole bunch of information about you. (laughs) It makes it really awkward when that status changes because you have to notify your superiors. (laughs) You know, you just got to make things awkward for your characters because that's funny. (laughs) Yeah. Um. I mean, sometimes part of the ritual involves changing that status, which is, you know, iffy territory where it's like you had to agree with beforehand. And... Awkward. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be awkward if you did it in like a, let's not explain things like paranormal romance style, but otherwise awkward. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna need to explain this sort of thing. Like it's a it's a separate list where you can sign up for the sort of rituals where that status changes. There's a list you sign up for. Exactly. No. Yes. No. <laughs> what do you mean no? Gonna... no We're talking no, no, about a reasonable no. bureaucracy no, here. No, no. Or it wouldn't be like, oh yeah, here's the sign up list. It would be more like they they seriously ask you. Like, the world's about to end. Can you help us? <laughs> Listen, that's slow, inefficient. We need a list. Well, they can ask beforehand. Let's say the world is ending. <laughs> Would you... Exactly. That's okay, but that's how you make a list. And then they'd be like, okay, if the world's actually ending. 
What level of the world that is like, required? But like, don't you know? We're not talking about just like the destruction of a small island. We're talking about world-ending. You know, like let's yeah. let's not be dramatic. The here. destruction of a small island or the destruction of a small inhabited island? Because those are two different. Inhabited. <laughs> Hmm, okay. Well, define inhabited. How, like, how many people are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, one. Yeah. Can't you just evacuate? It's like, yeah, I guess. Okay, fine, we'll evacuate. <laughs> really depends, you know? They, they hash out all this stuff beforehand so they know exactly what they can assign people to. <laughs> See, I think that's even, like, more awkwardly funny. Like actually hashing out the exact conditions under which you would like <laughs> give up your virginity in a magic ritual <laughs> like, has to be an inhabited island where it's not feasible to evacuate all the citizens within a safe amount of time <laughs> to prevent the apocalypse okay this is, oh there's like two people there who really like their summer cottage <laughs> no no those just die um, <laughs> that makes it way funnier and way more awkward a conversation for the person who's new to the conversation. For the person who's had the conversation like forty times, it's just rude. Yeah, you know? there's like yeah. I mean, I ask everybody. This, this is information that we need to know. I don't know why you're being super awkward about this. <laughs> no, this is this is exactly like when when your doctor is asking really detailed questions about your poop if they don't feel like it's awkward it won't feel as awkward that's how it works <laughs> <laughs> just gotta all right all right it's fine it's normal yeah exactly um i think we sort of got our our base setup here we don't really have any direct main characters but i mean just make sure that they have chemistry with each other and you know do sort of interesting things with their forms of magic or fighting, and you're good. You know, just have, like, one of those, like, terrifyingly competent admins lying around. I mean, not lying. They're obviously always working and fixing things. They're managing the team, you know? It's their job. But they're also doing other things. It's a lot of, it's a lot of managing. You know, they get paid the most. They get paid the most, but they also don't get to deal with interesting problems. They just sort of deal with paperwork. Well, the, and sometimes they get asked questions to which they have absolutely no answer. It's, well, it's, it's paperwork and human wrangling, which is the hardest part of the job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very difficult, but it's not really the interesting part of the problem. That's what the B team is. I mean, human, human wrangling can be fun or interesting. I guess it's more frustrating than fun. It's the, the problem with human wrangling is that, you know, the... Things that drive humans are usually fairly the same, so you're mostly just trying to come to a compromise. Where with what the B team is doing is trying to come to a solution where there's like no information on what the problem is to begin with. Well, I mean, you know, you fill up the B team with a ton of eccentrics and then you make someone wrangle them for interest. Exactly. Yeah. Well, if you like the story. Write it and email us at listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com. If you hate this story but like some of the ideas, I mean, it's the same address, and you should definitely use them. If you want to be a guest on our show, email us at guests at unwrittenimaginings.com. We'd appreciate it if you leave a like, rating, review, whichever one your podcast platform of choice supports. 
there's no grand prize draw in case you didn't know. Exclusive exactly. details. <laughs> Super exclusive. Um, we'll see you guys next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you.